today I'm joined by Evan Lesser, who is the founder and president of ClearanceJobs.com. It has been a little bit of time since we have given a security clearance update to our ClearedCast audience, so I really appreciate you joining us today, Evan. My pleasure, Katie. Good to talk with you. I thought that we could start by giving folks a brief update on the state of the cleared recruiting today. How are companies and candidates responding to the coronavirus? Well, we've run some surveys of both candidates and employers recently, and we're specifically asking them about their activity during the pandemic. And interestingly, the vast majority of both said it's just business as usual. There's always exceptions, but the, the majority are doing what they've always done just from home. Employers in particular, by a, a pretty wide margin, said that their hiring plans just haven't changed. A lot of that has to do with the fact that they're hiring for positions on contracts that are already fully funded and you know were awarded pre-pandemic. Of the security cleared workers we talked to, 84% said that the pandemic hasn't changed their work situation. 12% had their hours cut and only 4% have been laid off. So I think compared to the uncleared world, security cleared workers are mostly, knock on wood, um, insulated from the negative effects of the pandemic on employment. Sure, and I know that a lot of the folks that I've spoken with on the cleared cast have said national security doesn't stop because of a pandemic. Exactly. It's the kind of work that's just going to keep going on. And, you know, half of our audience are HR and recruiters and sourcers and, and people on the talent acquisition side of things. And it's one of the few parts of the national security apparatus that they can actually do their work from home because the bulk of the work they do is not classified. Now, that's totally different on the candidate side. And obviously, if you're in intelligence or cybersecurity or a, a number of other roles, you're going to have to go into an office and you can't do that work from home. You know, for the most part, it's been business as usual, surprisingly. Our agencies have done an excellent job. We've seen a dramatic improvements in security clearance processing times in the past six months, really. So how would you say that impacts defense industry hiring? Overall, clearance processing times are indeed down. The government was noting oh, roughly 65 days for an end-to-end -end secret clearance and about 119 days for a top secret. And normally, their figures are for the fastest 90% of cases. I'm not sure if that's the situation here, but regardless, overall clearance processing times have definitely dropped. I mean, honestly, I prefer to look at DOD and industry clearances specifically only because they make up what, 90% of all clearances, which is a much more representative number. Those figures are overdue from the government. I'm hoping we see an update before the end of 2020. But in general, processing times are improved as reported. You talk to employers and candidates undergoing the process. Sometimes you hear a bit of a disconnect, but usually it's the ones that are the outliers outside of that fastest 90% that are the ones that are more vocal. You asked about recent improvements on processing times and how it impacts hiring. So the improvements in processing times, I think, will keep more people in the system. I mean, say you are an individual undergoing the clearance process for the first time, and you've been waiting 90, 100, 120 days or more. Candidates tell us that at that point, they start to wonder, is there something in their background that's ripping up the process, something, some you know, skeleton in the closet that they forgot about, and they start to panic. And in the past, a number of candidates before the pandemic were dropping out of the process because it was taking so long. Now that times are improved, I'm guessing we'll see fewer dropouts, and, and that is going to positively affect hiring. Good to know for recruiters in defense. So while we know that those clearance processing times are improving, we haven't seen that update on the number of security clearance holders. What would be your opinion on, would you consider it a tight candidate market, or do you think 
we're seeing an, a larger influx of candidates. And I guess what positive things can you tell to our defense recruiters that might be listening? There's still a lot of downward pressure on the market. You know, don't forget the total population of cleared personnel is down roughly, what, 28% since 2013, and it hasn't picked back up. And what makes the market tight is not necessarily how fast people are going through the system, but it's the supply and demand curve. So right now, there are far more open positions than cleared workers to fill them. And that pressure is what makes the market tight. So you can alleviate pain by either adding more workers or reducing the number of jobs. Now, the number of jobs has been steadily increasing for six-ish years, while the number of candidates has decreased. I do anticipate a tight market for the next year, if not longer, until something changes more definitively. Supply and demand curve has to get more healthy, more, more equal balance before the tight market conditions improve. So even though clearance processing times are down, it's still going to be a tight market just due to that supply and demand imbalance of jobs to talent. Are there any other updates on security clearance policy changes that we might be able to see in the next you know, couple months to years moving forward? Policy changes. I think the topic that's most likely to get attention in 2021 is marijuana use and security clearance. So the House put up a bill in late 2019 that was going to remove marijuana use as a strike against someone trying to obtain a clearance. It obviously didn't pass the Senate. I think we would have heard about it loud and clear. But the main point, I think, is that lawmakers are talking about it. According to the feds, marijuana use is still criminal at the federal level even if your state allows it. If you're trying to obtain a clearance or you already have one, you got to lay off the pipe. While it's good in practice to avoid marijuana, if you have a clearance or are trying to get one, I'd say it isn't impossible to mitigate some usage of pot and still get a clearance. The government and cleared industry desperately need people due to that supply and demand imbalance. And unless marijuana usage of an individual is tied to other bad behaviors or issues, I'm guessing under a new administration next year, it's going to begin, become more of a non-issue. If Vice President Biden ends up being the next president, I, I would guess that marijuana usage is going to be a, not a heavy security clearance concern You know, over the next couple of years. I think that'll change. Sure. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how things pan out with that. I know that here in Virginia, where I'm at right now, there has been decriminalization at the state level. So I'll be interested to see at the federal level, you know, what happens moving forward. But yes, like you said, if you currently hold a clearance or if you're trying to obtain a clearance, it's best to just stay away from, from those, uh, those <laughs> behaviors. You did mention the recent COVID-19 survey. We've heard that one of the things that came out of that survey is it's difficult to get candidates to make a move during a global pandemic, which totally makes sense. What assurances would you give to candidates who are considering a career change right now? And then, you know, what factors should they consider in a future employer? Who doesn't want to pack up dishes, clothes, and <laughs> kids in a global pandemic and move across the country? Yeah, um, sounds great. Yeah, yeah, a real treat. Um, but seriously, the, the, the job market for cleared workers remains really hot, as, as we mentioned. We've seen a lot of signing bonuses of late, some slight upticks in total compensation. I think most importantly is that employers are eager to hire. HR teams, especially working from home, are eager to prove that they can still be productive and, and make hires and onboard new, new, uh, new workers. So for a security cleared uh, worker, if you were considering a move pre-pandemic and then decided to just hole up, believe it or not, doing so during the pandemic of making a move could be to your advantage. Again, I think employers, recruiting teams are very focused on trying to remain productive 
a lot of signing bonuses out there. It's not a bad time to make a move. I know a physical move during a pandemic is not fun, but I think once some type of vaccine gets out there and the world gets somewhat back to normal, it's going to probably be harder to obtain a new position than it is right now during the pandemic when things are kind of a mess. You know, that's a great point. On the employer side, there's almost desperation to keep things business as usual, quote uh-huh. unquote. So candidates really yeah. should take advantage of that right now. They should. And, and they probably have more leverage now uh, due to the, the scarcity and the fact that a lot of people don't want to move. They probably have a little bit more leverage now than they would um, pandemic or post-pandemic. That's a note to you candidates out there. Get on your clearance jobs profile and start networking. <laughs> on the flip side, though, mm-hmm. is is there any advice that you could give to recruiters that might be trying to entice candidates to relocate for a cleared career? I think the pandemic has really proven that we're all far more productive at home than we all imagined. So for a recruiter at a defense contracting firm, I'd urge them to clarify their company's policies on working from home and potentially use that as a perk or or a benefit. As we all know, true classified work can't be done from home yet. But many companies are allowing work from home for, you know, maybe a, a day or two per week doing other work or unclassified work. The number of remote and telecommute jobs on clearance shops have picked up recently for sure. So yeah, long story short, for recruiters trying to entice candidates, I would definitely promote whatever your company's policy is for work from home. You may want to promote, if it's feasible, um, that you haven't reduced salaries during the pandemic or you haven't done layoffs during the pandemic and really show candidates that if they come to work for your company, that in the event of uh, another future global meltdown, that their careers are, are safe and you know our, our industry is somewhat sheltered. A lot of the conversations that I've had from acquaintances and colleagues from my recruiting life is the fact that the agencies that they are supporting, they have been working with them to allow for telework. So it's good to see that throughout this global pandemic, like you said, national security seems that it's insulated and that these agencies have gathered their bearings and are able to telework, which prior, they really they really didn't have policies for that. Yeah, for sure. And I did read on, on clearance shops recently that the Army is looking at certain positions that are even allowing people to do classified work from home. And technology has improved. I mean, the idea of someone doing classified work from home, even three or four years ago, was just blue sky, you know, not, not ever going to happen kind of stuff. But with technology advances and updates to the VPNs and higher level security and the ease of doing, you know, biometrics, even from home and things like that, and dual or triple factor authentication, being able to do classified work from home is not a pipe dream anymore. And, and I do think over the next number of years, the pandemic has really shown us that they got to figure out how to make sure that people can be productive from home and not just twiddle their thumbs waiting for unclassified work. So I think we'll see some movement on that front for sure. Absolutely. It just shows how resilient we are. You did mention one thing that might be music to candidates' ears that you did allude to at the beginning of the conversation is the updated clearance processing time. So do you mind going over those for the different levels again? Yeah. And and the numbers that we have that are most updated are what the government calls overall clearance processing time. And they are indeed down. They were noting 65 days for an end-to-end secret clearance and 119 days for top secret clearance. Considering uh, it was not that long ago that a top secret clearance was 400 plus days for the Mm -hmm. fastest 90% of cases, these are good numbers. As I mentioned earlier, I, I personally prefer to look at DOD and industry clearance numbers that the government puts out because they make up 90% of all clearances, but that's a number that we've been waiting for for this entire year. The government has not put anything out 
one can assume that they're following the trend of overall clearance processing times and those are down as well. Sure. So we'll stay tuned for those. Well, I'll close with some important resources that the Clearance Jobs platform can offer both cleared candidates and defense recruiters in such an interesting time in the national security world. Um, You can visit about.clearancejobs.com to find loads of recruiting resources like our 2020 compensation survey and geo-targeted city surveys or other candidate resources like resume samples, career seeking guides, and other security clearance information. Evan, thanks again so much for joining us today to update us on the security clearance process. It's my pleasure. Don't do drugs, kids. (laughs) This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com. 